Raise your hand. If you know that Brother Bill loves to eat, would you let it be known by saying amen? amen. You're right. And just like the, the video said, I do love spaghetti. I do love chili. I do love chips and salsa. But I really love ketchup. But for some reason, I can't bring myself to eat one of these. I don't know what my problem is. But let me tell you a little something about tomatoes. In America, tomatoes are usually picked unripened so that they won't bruise on the way to the grocery store. And then just before they're put out in the produce section, they're sprayed with CO2 gas and that turns them red instantly. These sprayed tomatoes, they're okay to eat, but I'm told that they're absolutely no match for the taste of a vine-ripened tomato that is, <laughs> Brother Cass said amen, uh, for a vine-ripened tomato that's allowed to mature slowly. There simply are no shortcuts to maturity. It takes years for us to grow into adulthood, and it takes a full season for fruit to mature and ripen. The same is true in our construction of Christ-like character. Christ-like character cannot be rushed. Spiritual growth, like physical growth, takes time. It takes time. And we're not going to be able to mature simply by reading a book. We're not going to mature simply by changing our beliefs. Because successful change takes a little bit more. For successful change to occur, there are things that we must do. There are things that we must add to our character, add to the way that we live. For weeks now, God has been giving us solid instruction about practices that Christians must add in order for us to be all that God intends us to be. For instance, to construct Christian character, to become better representations of he whom we serve, we must align our lives with these instructions. So we began by staking out God's property. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are God's property. And Romans 10.13 tells us that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Friend, that's faith. That's the foundation of salvation. Faith. But then as we begin to add God's power, as we begin to receive God's power into our lives, we begin separating ourselves from that old sin life and separating ourselves unto the service of God. Friend, that is moral excellence, and we've called it the building block of separation. Then, as we begin to grow in the knowledge of God's truth, grow in the knowledge of the Bible, we recognize that, that Christians are set apart. That we are indeed sanctified to become a positive influence for God. That's knowledge. That knowledge is the building block of sanctification. 
Then as we unselfishly give God the control of our lives, we're released to do His will, His way, for His glory, and to serve other people, namely children. That's the building block of service. We learn that Christians can't have a testimony without a... Who said that? You said that? Amen. You can't have a testimony without a test. Your testimony is built upon the test that you come through. Therefore, we must persevere the trials that come our way and add this building block of suffering. God's word then called us to work out, to look up, and to press forward, adding godliness to our character. Friend, that's the building block of submission, submitting to God. Then we learned last week that through ministry, even in our marriages, and even with our money, we are called to brotherly kindness. And that is the building block of sharing. It may be sharing ourselves. It may be sharing our money. It may be sharing our gifts. It's the building block of sharing. And today, we're going to add the finishing touch to our Christian character, which is love. And love for the Christian is spiritual maturity. When you start with faith as your foundation, and you begin to add all these building blocks to your character, God will build you all the way up to spiritual maturity. That's the goal is spiritual maturity. Would you turn with me to 1 John chapter 4? Because this final building block of spiritual maturity is all about adding agape love, just like that video said, about adding agape love to our character. 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 7, the Word of God says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time, for if we love one another, then God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, uh, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed that the love of God that he has for us, God is love. He who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Verse 17, love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, 
Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God but hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment, say commandment. This commandment we have from him. That he who loves God must, say must, must love his brother also. Let's pray. Father God, we pray that you would teach us to love one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Joe and Frank both lived in a small town in Tennessee. And both of them had 16-year-old daughters. One evening, Joe's wife came in and he said, Our daughter has something to tell you, hon. And his daughter sat down on the bed and said, Daddy, this is the hardest thing I've ever said. It's bad. She looked at him and softly said, I'm pregnant. Joe jumped up and he pointed his finger at her and he said, How dare you? How dare you? How can you embarrass me like that? You having a baby out of wedlock, that's going to ruin my good name. You can just leave and never come back. About a week later, Pastor Frank's daughter on the other side of town came to him with the exact same news. So the next Sunday, Frank stood behind the pulpit and he said to his congregation, I want you to hear it from me. My daughter's pregnant. She knows that it was irresponsible and she knows that we don't condone premarital sex, but she's come asking for forgiveness and with a heart of true repentance and we're going to treat her just like the father treated the prodigal son. We're going to love her. Can you guess which of those two girls is still following Jesus today? Can you guess which of those two men demonstrated agape love? Agape love, friend, is the way that God loves. It's not some sentimental emotion. For agape love is giving all you got towards someone else. For their benefit. That's the way God loves you. The person who truly loves God will also love the individuals around him or her. We're to love the people in our lives. We're to love those individuals that surround us just the way that Jesus would have us to love them. That's the mark of a mature believer. If you notice in verse 12 and in verse 17, John said twice that love is perfected. Now, perfect love doesn't mean love without mistakes. We're going to mess up, amen? Amen? Am I the only one who messes up? All right, just want to make sure. Rather, this perfect love means it's a love that's come to maturity. It's a love that's fully completely constructed. It's a complete love. So how in the world are you and I 
to love this way that Jesus loves? Can we even do it? What is the pattern of perfect love? Let's read there in verse 9 about the pattern of perfect love. In this, the love of God was manifested or shown toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or the sacrifice for our sins. Think about that. Even while we didn't love God, He loved us. He showed us His love by sending His Son to die for our sin. That don't make good sense to me, but that's how God loves. Jesus' love, friend, is not, not dependent upon you becoming better. He loves you. He loves you, and we must learn that he loves us with an unconditional love. When Jesus came, he literally absorbed the entire wrath of God against our sin. That's a lot of wrath, friends. He loved us so much that, that Jesus would suffer the penalty, that Jesus would take the, the price of your sin and my sin. So if we're going to love like Jesus... We too must love sacrificially. Jesus' love. Like I said, it's not based upon you becoming better. He loves you just like you are. Loves you enough to make sure that you don't stay that way. That you become more like Him. So if we're going to love Je like Jesus, then we too must love unconditionally. Sacrificially and unconditionally. There is also nothing that you can do to earn the love of Jesus. Sometimes you and I love with conditions. We'll say things like, well, if he pays me back, then I'll love him. We'll say things like, um, maybe uh, if, if she loves me back, well, then I'll love her. Some of you wives may say, well, if he changes, then I'll love him. But if we're going to love like Jesus loves, then we got to love not based on worth. Jesus is our pattern of perfect love. But it's difficult sometimes, isn't it? It's difficult to love, or love sacrificially and unconditionally and without basing our love on worth. When somebody stabs you in the back and they turn that knife, that person don't deserve your love, do they? But neither did we deserve the love of God. Friends, you and I were lost, dead in our sins. We were damned. We were doomed until Jesus died for the believer. We didn't deserve that. What a Savior. What love. That is incredible love. Jesus is the pattern for perfect love. But, but how do we practice Perfect love. What is the practice of perfect love? Uh, verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. 
Do you know how the world gets to know God? The world gets to know God by seeing the Christian living for Christ. By seeing Christ living in you and living through you as you love people. That's how the world sees God. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Apostle Paul provides a beautiful outline for love. I'd like to read it uh, as Eugene Peterson wrote it in his paraphrase called The Message. He wrote, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it can't have. Love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled head. It doesn't force itself on others. Love is not always me first. Love doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others. It doesn't revel when others grovel. It takes pleasure in the truth. It puts up with a lot of stuff. Love trusts God always. It always looks for the best. It, it never looks back. And it keeps on going all the way to the end. Love. Is that the way you love? Do you love with a perfect love like that? Is a perfect love like that even possible for human beings? Love. I got to tell you that that is the love of God. And God commands us to agape love. And he would not command us to do it if it weren't possible. So yes, we can. But how do we practice the agape love of God? I think simply put, in a word, we practice. We practice loving that way. Loving others will never become a regular habit unless we repeat the action over and over again. We keep on doing, loving these ways that God loves. In other words, we should practice love until it becomes a regular practice. Get it? Right? Dr. E. Stanley Jones was a great missionary to India. And one day after preaching a message of all things on the love of Jesus, a pastor walked up to him and said, Dr. Jones, I have practiced love. I have taught love. I have loved and loved and loved our people at the church. Still, there's this one man, this one man who's constantly mean to me. He wants to split the church, and he works against me every chance he gets. Doctor, what should I do? And without even blinking an eye, Dr. Jones said, increase the dosage. Increase the dosage. You see, the more opposition we face, the more we got to love. When people come against you, and friend, they will. Increase the dosage. Give them some more love. Give them some more of God's love. So at this point, you may be thinking or even screaming in your heart, I can't do it. It's not possible. No way I can love like that. And do you know that you're right? There's no way you can love like that. So where? Where am I to get the power? Where am I to get the power 
to practice this perfect love. Look in verse 13. Verse 13 tells us where the power of perfect love comes. Right, Brother Hal? By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. Wow. That's where the perfect love comes from. Often, the only time me and you succeed in love is when we succeed in failing. But we have the power. We cannot do it ourselves. Friend, God has given the believers the power to love with a perfect love. How do we do it? Well, the moment that you're saved, the moment that Christ comes into your life, the Spirit of Christ lives in you and desires to live through you in everything you do. It's He alone that has the power to accomplish perfect love. So what am I to do? When love requires so many things like patience and sacrifice and self-control, what do I do? Well, most of all, what you have to do is you have to allow the Holy Spirit of God to love through you. You have to be willing to love every person and allow the Holy Spirit to do it. If you want to love the way Jesus loves, he will love every single person through you. But it will only happen when you surrender and let him do it. He's got to love that perfect love through you. But that power begins when, when you and I accept and love people for who they are. We have to accept and love people for where they are right then in their life. You see, we're not to wait for people to change. We're to change. We change. Not wait for other people to change. We're to say something like this. Holy Spirit, I can't love this person. Ever said that? Holy Spirit, I can't love this person, but I know you can through me. So I yield my feelings to your power. God wants to love everybody in your little sphere of influence through you. I read a story about Dr. Jerry Vines, who was the pastor at First Baptist in Jacksonville, Florida. And he tells a story about a man at his church. Dr. Vines said, I'm not weird or anything, but he's the best smelling man I ever smelled. Every time this man came by, I mean, he just smelled so good. So finally one day, I stopped and I asked him, what kind of cologne do you wear? Every time you pass by me, you smell so pleasant. And he said, well, I work in a wholesale flower shop, and I handle roses all day long. He said, I get that stuff on me, and I can't get it off. You know, if you hang around roses long enough, you begin to smell like them. Likewise, you hang around Jesus long enough, then you're going to start that, having that sweet aroma that Jesus has. And you know what that's the smell of? It's the smell of love. Like Jesus loves. So if I follow Jesus' pattern of love and I take up the practice of love and I utilize the power of love, what will I get? What will be the product of perfect love? Look at verse 17 with me. 
Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so we are in this world. Perfect love yields boldness on the day of judgment. When we learn to love as Jesus loves, it brings fearlessness when we face God. Can I tell you that on the day of judgment, if you are lost, if you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Word of God tells us that you'll stand before God and you'll be cast out into the outer darkness. Likewise, if you're a believer, you will also stand before God and you will give account for everything you've done. You'll give account for whether you showed love or whether you showed hatred. Now, you won't lose your entrance to heaven if you're a believer, but it will cost you reward. Can I ask you this? Are you thinking something like this? If I died today, I'm scared to death. I'm scared to death that heaven would not be my home. If you're thinking that, I want you to know that you can live this life without fear. And when you stand before your God, you can do so boldly without fear. The Lord has provided the way through Jesus Christ, His Son. When you find the love of God through Christ Jesus and when you begin to practice the love of God, you too can be fearless. You can be absolutely confident that when you stand before Him, that you belong to Him and He will never cast you out. There are four signs that I'd like to share with you about how we can tell if perfect love is present in us. What is the proof of perfect love? First of all, perfect love is active. It's active. Love, perfect love, demands expression. You can't say, I'm going to love, like Brother Bill said. I'm going to love that way and then sit back and not do nothing about it. Perfect love is active. If you're going to love your spouse, men, if you're going to love your children, if you're going to love your grandchildren, if you're going to love your church, if you're going to love God, your love must be active. Furthermore, perfect love requires an object. There must be something or someone who will receive your love. Men, if you're married today and your wife is with you, raise your hand. Right now, men, I want you to turn to your wife and I want you to say, I love you. Loud. He loves you. That's your husband, isn't it? Okay. He loves you. If you're going to love, you've got to be willing to declare it. Too many men are unwilling to declare their love for their spouse. Perfect love also serves. Do you remember the building block of service? 
Do you remember that when God is in control, when you allow God to love through you, you will become an influencer. When you allow God to love through you, you will make an impact. You will make a difference, especially in the lives of children. When you allow God to love through you. You see, that's what our recent mission trip was all about. It was about serving and love. Perfect love is active. It requires an object. Perfect love serves, but finally, perfect love is also about sacrifice. I am amazed at what we're willing to sacrifice for something or someone whom we truly love. I'm equally amazed at the lack of love we show by our unwillingness to sacrifice. God showed his sacrifice. He showed us his agape love. He showed agape love toward us when Jesus paid for our sins. See, Jesus went to the cross. They nailed him to it. He was pierced in the side. He bled. He died because he loved you. They took him down off that cross and placed his body in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, an angel moved away that tomb and he arose for you. Today, he sits at the right hand of the Father where he prays for you. My question is, one day when that trumpet blows and he comes back, is he coming for you? Is it coming for you? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we know that it is impossible for us to love the way you love. But Lord, you have also given us the power to surrender. Lord, in your word promises... That when we completely submit to your spirit, you will love all people through us. So Lord, it's our prayer today that you would teach us this kind of love. And Lord, if there's one person here today who has not received your love, the love that you give through Jesus. Father, why, why can't today be their day? Why can't they leave here being able to answer that question? Yes, I know that when my day on earth is done that I'm going to heaven. Lord, I pray that there might be one that would get that straight today. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your son and for that wonderful, perfect, agape love you give. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand.